0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Saturdays 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and Sundays 10 a.m. to noon. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384 1450.
1: Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick along with Carlo Kellum. I'm here to discuss with you today what is, I consider, the heart of the sports season locally and really nationally. We have uh, just a laundry list of plenty of topics to get to today. I'll do a quick quick rundown with you of them um, while we are discussing these sports issues, um, I want to encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Rick Patino was inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. He credited uh, Albert King and many other of the, the guys who he was inducted with um, through his speech, so there's some interesting format there. Uh, we could talk about Louisville football won over Eastern Kentucky. I guess you could say an impressive victory. Uh, they won by a score of forty four to seven. Teddy Bridgewater once again put up very impressive statistics and and uh, you know, there are all sorts of positives to take away. Along with if you are a constructive uh, constructively critical fan such as myself, there are some negatives to take away from it. Did the cards fail to run the ball between the tackles the way that you'd like? They were actually outrushed by the Eastern Kentucky Colonels, which to me, uh, you know, it's tough to take away that as being an extremely negative thing, but at the same time, the size, the physical size of this card's offensive line, should we really be struggling to push these uh, smaller Eastern Kentucky defensive linemen around and and dominate the line of scrimmage? I don't know. Uh, the Kentucky Wildcats won yesterday. They beat Miami of Ohio by a score of 41-7. to So, a... Great turnaround from their very disappointing Week 1 loss to Western Kentucky. They came out and they they, uh, they used both quarterbacks in different ways. Max Smith had the accuracy in throwing the ball, and Jalen Whitlow had some success running the ball. So there's a lot to take away from the Cats' victory. Um, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and Bobby Petrino. I had picked them as being a, a upset candidate of the week to upset the University of Tennessee Volunteers, but. I'll go ahead and say, unfortunately, they lost fifty-two to twenty at Tennessee. Uh, at one point, they they had five turnovers in six plays. Six plays, five turnovers. So it's, I'll go ahead and say, very difficult, if not impossible, to rebound from that at any time. Um, my Cincinnati Reds have won seven out of ten. They're one and a half games out of first place in the NL Central. I'll go ahead and say Billy Hamilton is a bad dude. He is. He set a record four stolen bases in his first four MLB games. He's being used in a way that I've never seen. You know, Carolina, Steve, have you seen it? Give us a call, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline 502-384-1450. Carolina or or anyone who who's watched more. You know, who's, I'm thirty years old. I'm sure there's guys who's been, who've been around longer than me. Have you ever seen someone who is used as a pinch runner exclusively dominate this way? I know that no one's ever stolen four bases in their first four uh, Major League games. But to, beyond that, I'll just take it to the next level. He is doing it in a way that is completely unprecedented. Billy Hamilton, uh, as recent as a, a couple weeks ago, was a, a Louisville bat and he is now maybe the offensively uh the most one of the most valuable weapons for the Cincinnati Reds team who's making a legitimate push at possibly winning the NL Central uh through these last uh weeks of the year um of the of the regular season. Do I? Yeah. I've
2: been keeping up with the Reds. Have you? Yeah.
1: Billy Hamilton, I mean I mean as I said, you know there, there's plenty of stuff we're going to get to. We're going to talk to. I think Brian, the insider, wants to call in update us on horse racing. No idea what he's going to talk about there. We got uh, Tommy Ray is going to call in about yep, 10:45. In talk to about, uh, us about the event we were at last night Great in event Last night, that was an amazing event. Great event. I don't know how we're stand, sitting here right now. I know honestly. that was that was fun. <laughs> it was a, it was a fun event. As those events do, they end late, uh, and there's always an after party.
2: Yep. We're both here. Yeah, but we were responsible and we got back here, uh, so we can be here today for the show.
1: Back to Billy Hamilton. You said you said you've been following my Reds a little bit.
2: Let's... Yeah, I've been following. Them. I saw they uh, blew a game with Colorado. Uh, was it early in the week? They did. They should have had that one won. There is a little snippet but here. They're what a game and a half back right now. A game and a yeah, half I'm back. A close eye, on. I hope they make it. Um, let's see. There's one specific. All right. This is the
1: the snippet that I'll read about Billy Hamilton, <clears throat> and I know there's all sorts of college football scores. You know, Michigan uh, beat Notre Dame, and I mean, there is so much on our plate that we we need to get to, and that I'm sure we will. We got. Much,
2: I want to wonder how much the refs were paid for that game. <laughs> Carlo, being a, a Notre Dame fan, is yeah. not happy. Well, yeah. Well, I guess we will get, get to that later. Billy
1: but. Hamilton, in the Red's last five games, Hamilton has pinch run four times. Each time, he has successfully stolen second base. Twice against the rocket Arm Yadier Molina. On three of those occasions, he subsequently came around to score a run. And all three of those runs affected a lead change in the game. He's not going up to bat. He's not playing defense. He's coming in, and he is stealing a base and then scoring a run. On Tuesday, he scored the only run in a 1-0 win. On Tuesday, the Reds won a game in a NL Central playoff hunt. He was using a pinch runner. He scores the only run of the game. They've got good pitching. They struggle to score runs. Is this guy the magical solution they needed? On Wednesday, he scored the tying run with the Reds trailing the Cardinals 4-3 to in the bottom of the 14th. The Reds lost anyway. Unfortunately, I stayed up to watch all 16 innings. On Saturday, he scored a walk-off run against the Dodgers. So this guy has stolen a base in all four of his, his first four Major League games. All-time record. And... Like I said, I'll go beyond that. He's doing it in a completely
2: unprecedented fashion. Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Very impressive. Uh, hopefully, he can get you guys there. Hopefully, <laughs> I and mean,
1: we got the fastest pitcher in baseball and in oldest Chapman, and now we not only have the fastest player in baseball. What's he run a four three four two? I don't know. I, I I don't. I I think that his speed goes beyond those type of things. It's it's almost his ability to run the bases almost. So uh, it's a great question. How, how would his speed stack up against... Is um, he...
2: Uh, what's the guy's name off of Major League? Uh, <laughs> Wesley Snipes' character? Yeah. No, I guess Is so. fast like that guy? Or, I guess.
1: Uh, I mean, he set a, a, an all-time record last year for most bases stolen oh, wow. in the minors.
2: He's not very good at batting. Speaking of minors... Okay. I was at the uh, Bats game last Monday for Labor Day. Okay. Last game of the season. I think they pretty much sucked this year, but they wait, oh, yeah. they're not going to the playoffs, but... Walk off homer, they the win their last home game of the season. Man. Okay, yeah, it was pretty impressive, pretty fun. So awesome. Shout out to the River, ba- uh, not the River Bats anymore, but the, the Louisville Bats, Bats. The Louisville Bats, great game. Had a lot of fun and a walk off homer. I've never been to a game where it ended in a walk off homer. Louisville Bats are great, yeah. and the fact that we have the connection with the the Reds, you know, you get to see a lot of their players.
1: I watched Billy Hamilton play it it uh, about a month ago. He was dominant. He got up to he got a couple hits and then. Vince against, steal a couple bases and then he's in for a run. I saw a Rolles Chapman play. I saw Joey Votto, Jay Bruce come through there. Josh Hamilton, you know. I mean, it's I a see pretty.
2: Deion Sanders. <laughs>
1: yeah, I saw Deion Sanders too back in the day. Yeah,
2: yeah. A lot of, a lot of players have came through the system.
1: Pretty neat, yeah. and it's, and a, it's great, a great, a um, great, it's a great ballpark.
2: Yes, yeah, very nice. We were in a suite, so it was very. Oh, yeah? enjoyed it very much. Very cool. Shout out to Brandon Lawrence for that. Thanks, <laughs>
1: Brandon Lawrence. He's called in to us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I recognize the name there. The the attorney. Yeah, he had a little powwow. You said
1: he's the best attorney in the city, I think.
2: Oh, yeah, he's the best accident lawyer in the city of Louisville. Okay. Brandon J. Lawrence, uh, Jays for Justice.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. So there's all these um, events right now. There's college football. Oh, we didn't even get to. NFL kicks off today. a lot going on. My Bengals kick off against the
2: Chicago Bears at 1 o'clock today. What about your Giants? We play the Cowboys, so we open up with a division game. I don't like opening up the season with a division game. You know, I think they should kind of wait till, like, like they do in baseball, you know, wait to interleague play. But they should at least wait until the third or fourth week of the season until they start to uh, dive into these, uh, these divisional games. But we got the Cowboys. That should be a tough one. Uh, we'll see what Tony Romo's going to do. They're saying that he's going to be calling his own plays now, so it'll be interesting to see how he's going to run the offense for the first time when he has the offense. Eli is? His, no, uh, Tony Romo oh Tony so I suppose he's about, he's about to start talking. He can call his own plays now. That's really what the so – I read an interesting article on in Sports ago.
1: Illustrated. That's how the, the league is headed. You know, the Eagles, Chip Kelly. Yeah. Peyton Manning's yeah, the, the been doing second
2: it a offense that he has. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: how many plays can you get off over the course of a game. Yeah.
2: Well, the NFL doesn't like it. They're like, you're not going to control the pace of the game. Like, as it, I don't know why it matters, but you have that time allotted, so you should be able to use it how you want.
1: It's a quarterback's league. Colin yeah. Coward always points it out. It's a quarterback's
2: league. Yeah, we can't touch the quarterback, can't touch the receiver. Yeah, But, yeah, I'm excited. The Cowboys, you know, it's – I don't know. The Cowboys may win this game. You know, the Jazz always seem to we, – we always seem to start off pretty slow every year. So uh, opening up a, a tough game like this for the first game of the season, I say uh, Dallas probably wins 28-21, okay. 28-17 Dallas. And I'm a Jazz fan. Yeah. Just being
1: realistic. I almost will will get will predict that the Bears may be, uh, upset the, the Bengals
2: today. Well, I, we, we don't know what we have in the Bears new coach. You know, it's a totally and in different the CFL. System. Yeah, you're there's right. no, no Brian Erlacher. So, uh, it's a lot of changes on that defense and he was the cornerstone of that defense with the Bears.
1: Second year of Jay Cutler, yeah. the Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall 2.0 experiment.
2: Yeah. If if uh, uh, Cutler turned the ball over a few times in preseason, so if he can if he if he doesn't turn the ball over they can win the game. But if he turns the ball over more, even once or twice, it's over for him. Because then it takes him all out of rhythm, and he just starts throwing the ball up there like Jeff George. I know you and I were, uh, were in a fantasy league. Yeah, you know, I came in today, man, a long night last night. My computer's not charged, so I'm doing everything from my little smartphone. Oh, morning. as
1: far as setting your your, your, your Yeah, sport. fantasy league and we're, all that. We're going to jump to the Oxmoor-Ford-Lincoln buzz line where we got our man Truth on the line. Truth coming off a... a, a a uh, uh, a disappointing loss to Navy. No,
3: hold on. Whoa. You know the truth, keep it real with
1: you. All right, keep it real with us. What's going on, Truth?
3: I'ma tell you what, Monday is not gonna be a good day on our campus for the football team. No. I can promise you that. Kevin Wilson will get phone calls for days today from the truth. Because <laughs> here's listen, listen to this. Okay. I've been saying it. That he got to win this year, ain't that's what I've been saying. You have,
1: you've been, you've been um, more than anyone, uh, you yeah. know, lo- putting out very lofty expectations for this team.
3: And not only this, here's the thing: is Indiana paying you good money, and I'm tired of you keep on saying that uh, I got a young team. Listen, you got a defense. You know, last year you ranked 111. And there's no improvement for you. You know, I think they gave up 76 points in two ball games. That's unacceptable. Yeah. He need to get a real. Lot. We, I told you uh, uh, last year, our, our defense won't cost us not go to the ball game. We got an offense. Everybody see that he put up 35. We put up 35 points. And I, and that's been the problem with uh, the Big Ten. Uh, and uh, we're. Putting up points, but we're giving up a lot of points, like Northwestern. But I'm I'm talking about Indiana. To Indiana to go to the next level, they got if they can just get a defense ranked number sixty in the country, they can win yes. the ball game. That is unacceptable. A hundred and now four hundred and forty-four yards, and they they almost score every time they got the ball. They only uh, they missed the extra. I missed the field goal. So I'm saying to the Indiana fans, the truth saying, called the athletic glass and put pressure that we need to get rid of our defense because I'm, getting, I'm firing him tomorrow.
1: Now, you, I agree with you. You know why? Is I'll be honest. I, I, I followed the Western Kentucky-Tennessee game a little bit, a Kentucky game, uh, Miami of Ohio, Louisville, Eastern Kentucky. I went to an MMA event last night. I didn't watch the Indiana game. I'm looking at the box score. Guess how many passes the Navy quarterback attempted?
2: Uh, probably about six. Four. Oh my gosh. Four. That's ridiculous. Sorry, two for sorry, four sorry. For sorry for truth. Yeah, the defensive coordinator needs to be fired. Two for right? four
1: <laughs> for, for seventy one yards. His name's Keenan Reynolds. He ran the ball thirty two times uh, for one hundred and twenty
3: seven yards. Guess uh, so who's the uh, defensive coach up there? Who? Bill Murray's son. Okay. And you know he used his daddy' coach to Indiana.
2: So Indiana cannot stop the run. Period.
3: Yes, and 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 I'm going to tell you something. You know, if you have watched somebody run the wishbone, you can at least stop them in the backfield. Every time they got the ball, they got picked up at least 8 or 12 yards. That is unacceptable. I don't care who you – what kind of ball. Truth, ball. I'm on if your you side.
2: We're calling in tomorrow morning. I'm calling I'm, AD. I'm, I'm you call the AD. We're going to put the pressure on the uh, Indiana Hoosiers to fire the defense. Hey. Coordinator. I might
3: send a letter. Hey. I'm don't don't. I'm sending an email and I'm having people, in my congregation today. As I get the <laughs> mic today, I'm putting him out and and I and I, I want to let y'all know y'all heard it from truth because it doesn't that that's unacceptable. You did, see what I'm saying? Did you, you watch the game? Truth? Did you watch the whole game? I was, yes, I did. I watched it. I I, I was I was disappointed uh, way they uh, played the defense. You know, I'm, I've been talking about the freshmen. All the freshmen, they, they, uh, and here's why I had a problem with them last year. They went, they went out and got eight guys from junior college last year uh, on defense. And do you know what? None of the eight guys on uh, defense didn't do nothing. I feel like you wasted wasted eight scholarships. You could have went out and got somebody.
1: Now and, was uh, was that an option offense, or I mean? Is that? Is that? Yeah.
3: Wishbone, they run the officer. They run the wishbone, man. They, hey, they, they had it. I mean, and you know what's so bad about it? The the running backs wasn't that big. They was like a hundred and seventy and up to about a hundred ninety. They they had little fast back, and they couldn't even stop bring them down. And I'm saying there's some got there's got to be uh, some some changes up there. So gonna to 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 start a petition time.
2: on Facebook, truth
3: well, you know, you know, I'm already ahead of that. Something and, has know, to be done. I be like, you know, because you look at you score thirty five points, and you got to look at uh, when you run the ball, you're gonna, you're gonna have they gonna take offense uh, away from uh, the Indiana score and a skill score. But the thing is, but, you don't stop nobody. You yeah. if you don't stop, if you don't stop nobody, somebody averaged eight yards. Uh, uh, every time they run, you know, I don't care who you is. I don't care you in Little League. I don't care if you're in the NFL and all that. You're not going to get beat.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, looking pretty bleak against Michigan this year. i must say true.
3: I'm going I'm tell you, uh, Northwestern they, they and uh, still win they got they going to
2: put up a lot of points on you guys.
3: Uh, well, see, you know, okay, I'm going to tell you what, uh, Saturday we'll, we'll look good on defense because we play bowling green. We'll run up the score on them. But. The next two weeks are going to tell where the Indiana football uh, season is going because you got uh, Michigan's uh, – uh, uh, Missouri coming up, and your Big Ten open is against uh, Penn State.
2: Yeah, Penn State looks, so, looks pretty good. Yeah, man, it's yeah, good. It's but, looking, yeah what about uh, – yeah, it's looking pretty bleak, man. The Big Ten, they could put up some points.
3: Well, yeah. The, the the thing is, defense, man. I I, I know they're gonna have like to have outscore.
2: Other, they're gonna have to outscore everybody all year. And it's, it's that's, what that. yeah. that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you score. cannot
3: outscore everybody. That's just like you gotta. That's what cost me a national champion in basketball. I don't think they don't play defense. They all offense in Bloomington now.
1: They're not big I, on was, defense. The whole university no. apparently isn't very big on defense. Tom Crean doesn't I care about it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. All right, You got to say that they, they, they all need to work on their defensive skills.
3: Well, you know what? When You know, when the president talked, when I talk, I, they're going to uh, or Somebody going to find a new job. I got money for Coach Strong to be my defensive coach. I got the money. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, He's a devoted. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah.
3: Well, y'all have a blessed
1: morning. Uh, you too, okay? Truth, man.
2: Thanks.
3: Uh, great
1: call from Truth there. Great update on our Hoosiers. I want to encourage our listeners. Give us a call. If you think Mac Smith looked great and you think that this Stoops-led Kentucky team – made as big of a turnaround as it seems like they did? No. Give us a call, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Or if you have any comments on the Louisville program and the Louisville victory, what did you take from beating the Eastern Kentucky Colonels? Give us a call. We are going to head to our first break. On the other side of the break, we're going to have Brian the Insider with some horse racing update. Um, At the end of the first hour, we're going to have Tommy Ray talk to us about the MMA event in Lexington last night. Bluegrass Brawl. Bluegrass Brawl 9, I think.
2: So, yeah, he'll be calling in.
1: And we'll be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384 1450. Weekend Sports Buzz.
2: And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. With your host, Kelly Patrick, I'm Carlo Kellum. Don't forget about our Lotus Gun Works text line, 502-414-1450, and the Oxmoor Ford Buzz line, 502-384-1450. Man, I'm family waking up. <laughs> Halfway finished with my cappuccino, so I'm getting my energy in, my in, getting my energy back. So I'm ready, man. Let's talk some sports.
1: Plenty to talk about. Plenty today. to talk
2: about. NFL starting tonight. What's this afternoon? College football. I mean, it was even a little basketball news out there with Lamar Odom. So much to talk.
1: Lamar Odom, Rick Pitino <laughs> win in the Hall of Fame. Rick Pitino next, in the Hall of Fame next Saturday is Floyd uh, uh, Canelo. Yeah, we you won't know, be on the air until the the morning after that fight. So I mean, yeah. I mean, there is. No shortage at oh, all right so now. Billy Hamilton, that. the Reds.
2: Yeah, exciting times. And in to sports. think that
1: we've got Brian, the insider, who is injecting even another wrinkle into the this action-packed weekend. Horse racing. Brian, what's going on in the in the world of horse racing? Um, and and and, and tell us, you know, w- w- what is going on with everything? I know it's going to take us a minute to get Brian on the line, but Carlo told me yesterday. Yeah. an I- interesting. I guess you would say statistic. Something that Carlo learned about it. Yeah, I, it was an
2: interesting, interesting stat that I heard uh, on a horse racing show, actually. I forgot the name of it. But they were saying that out of the top 50 horses uh, in the world, 32 of them are from the United States. And supposedly, all the talent lies overseas in European horse racing. That's kind of the perception. Yeah, that's the perception of it. But so 32 of the, of the top 50 horses are from America. So what does that tell us? That that, that uh, you know that we breed some darn good horses. Okay. <laughs> let's see, let's see what I the, wonder how many Brian's of them st- are from the bluegrass state.
1: You gotta think a lot. Yeah, gotta I think, think. there's yeah. an increased amount from um from from Florida, I think. But but we'll see. We'll we'll see what Brian has to say about that. Um we got our our, our NFL teams going. We got Floyd Canelo Alvarez. I'm sorry, Floyd versus Canelo Alvarez next Saturday.
2: Yeah, you know one thing I, I haven't been keeping up with because uh, I guess Showtime just came back on recently. Thanks Time Warner. Uh but I haven't seen any of the show, you know, the build-up like they did on 24-7 on HBO. I didn't see that with this fight. So I'm kind of going into it in, uh, not knowing what's going on behind the scenes, which I've been used to being exposed to 24-7. But I know Floyd does have that show. Uh, I forgot it's called something else on Showtime now. But thanks to Time Warner, Showtime had been off up until this past weekend, so I haven't had a chance to catch up on that. But that is going to definitely be the fight of the year. Floyd Mayweather versus Canelo Alvarez, both undefeated. Uh Floyd looking to, to approach forty eight and oh forty eight if he wins this fight, he's uh, two away from fifty, which is the uh, he'll surpass Rocky Marciano if he makes it to that to fifty wins. But first, he must get past Canelo Alvarez. Now, I think Canelo has probably one of the, the uh, best chances in beating Floyd in this fight. He can hit hard. Uh, his chin hasn't been exposed yet. He's only had a couple tough fights. He fought Austin Trout uh, in his in his last matchup with a uh, an impressive victory. But that was probably his toughest fight that he's had the, his entire career. Uh, he watched he fought a washed up Shane Mosley. Uh, Shane uh, was pretty much not the same Shane he was at one point when he fought Canelo Alvarez. So we, we we still don't know what we have in this young kid, and this is going to be his biggest biggest test by far. So September fourteenth, we're gonna watch it together, right? We are Floyd Arnold Mayweather Canelo Alvarez
1: exclusive fourteen 1450- fifty. The sports buzz. And we're going to uh, break down each together. round.
2: We're going to score each round. Let's score each round.
1: We're going to be devoted to the fact yeah. that although there's NFL and college football and tons of... The uk of game games, the so same day. So much going on. Uh, uh, so we've we got to
2: also sprinkle some of that yeah, in. Yeah, there. there's another rivalry game going on. Uh, Texas and a
1: and alabama Oh, te- yeah. <laughs> Texas, a and alabama It's going to be a big
2: day next Sunday. Gotcha. So
1: there is no shortage of, of what to, to, to uh, discuss today. Your Notre Dame Fighting Irish were defeated. At the big house in front of
2: a record uh, of, I think it was 115,000 fans showed up. Yeah, you know, we, I didn't get to watch much football yesterday because we were, you know, doing so much traveling with the fight and all, but we did get to catch that game in the fourth quarter. I think it was the last seven minutes. That was probably the worst call I've, saw, I've seen this season thus far. Pass interference, called on Notre Dame. That was, that was he barely touched him. You know, that, that was a, a clean play. I wonder how much they paid the refs for that. I mean, really, that was a momentum change. And I said, if after that interception, I said if they score a touchdown, it's over. But if they was able to hold them to a field goal, we would have still been in the game.
1: Thirty to forty-one was the final score. Michigan uh, beat out Notre Dame. Um, You know, bad call by the refs. Bad Bad call. call. I also watched a little bit of the Cincinnati Cincinnati game, so there's a couple very significant or relevant injuries. Ohio State's quarterback Braxton, Braxton Miller, Miller. Yeah. Cincinnati's quarterback Munchie Legault had a horrible injury, similar to Kevin Ware or Marcus Lattimore. We are going to jump to the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line where we got our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. Brian, Carlo heard this statistic that out of the top 50 horses in the world, thoroughbreds,
2: racehorses. 32 are from uh, the United States, is that correct? Have you heard that stat before? Yeah.
4: Be, I have seen that statistic. You know, it, it is such a different, um, it's kind of who you listen to, but I would definitely believe that. Of course, you've got to keep in mind the two different surfaces, entirely different surfaces. When they're talking about American horses, which I heard, heard the program, most of them are from Kentucky. Those are dirt horses, and uh, the European horses are turf horses. So uh, with that exception, I can definitely see where, uh, uh, you know, I don't know about thirty-two of the top fifty. There are some great horses that have come out of there recently uh, in, in Europe. But uh, yeah, I, I would, uh, I would, I would believe that statistic, and that's probably why one of the reasons why I love horse racing so much, especially in the bluegrass.
1: Do you think that out of uh, those fifty, the thirty-two that are from the United States, do they get preferential treatment as far as they have uh, obviously more? Proximity-wise, they're closer to the majority of the races that are in the Derby Point system. So do they have an advantage um, as far as a leg up on the competition overseas to get into the Kentucky Derby?
4: Oh, they most certainly do, mainly because there's just very few races in Europe. I, I'm not even... I think there's a couple late in the season in Europe that are point systems uh, that, that do count for derby qualification. But uh, a good 95% of all the derby point horse racing is done right here in the U.S. So, yeah, it's very difficult for a, a European horse to make the derby field, especially now with the derby point system, unless they come to the U.S. and prep uh, the two- and three-year-old to try to get the points. Uh, speaking of the points, guys, it all started last night. At Churchill Downs uh, with the Iroquois, the first uh, 10 points were allocated for next year's Derby. And, uh, wow, what a race it was. I, I, I've been trying to find. I wasn't wasn't able to be at Churchill. I'm going to go the next two weekends. Uh, but I was wanting to see if you had any listeners call in and talk about the crowd or what the excitement level was. But I tell you what, it was very exciting in the Iroquois because two long shots, both trained by Dale Romans, uh, both uh, owned by the same ownership group, uh, one, the first one's Clayburn was thirty-four to one last night in the Iroquois at Churchill Downs, and he just barely beat by a nose the stablemate Smart Cover at twenty-six to one. So uh, uh, Clayburn picked up ten points uh, towards the Derby qualifying, which, based on last year's system, just about get him in. And Smart Cover picked up four. So. We've already started it. It was a huge night of racing at Churchill. It had four graded races, including the Pocahontas stakes for uh, two-year-old fillies, which started the Oaks process last night. So we have officially begun Derby 2014, uh, and, and the point system is underway. There were two other great races last night, grade threes, and the one that I really liked was uh, Pants on Fire won the ACAC, the grade three ACAC, uh, Pants on Fire, a lot of your listeners might remember, finished ninth in the Derby a couple years ago as the second favorite, uh, had a troubled trip, and actually bled in that race, but came back and set a stakes record last night uh, at the Iroquois. But uh, I'm, I'd love to hear how some of the listeners have, have thought about that. Of course, it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so Churchill's open again today uh, for the next three weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so... Uh, Big, big day there, and uh, there's some other great horse racing going on. Belmont's now open. Uh, Saratoga and Delmar have closed. But uh, they also, I wanted to point out, uh, for those that don't know, there's a uh, there's a great boutique meet going down in Kentucky Downs. Kentucky Downs is in Franklin, Kentucky, pretty much uh, on the way to Nashville, almost on the uh, border with Tennessee, and they run a five-day meet. Uh, all turf racing, European type turf racing, up and down hills and stuff. And they had, they set a record yesterday for, uh, they have that instant, uh, that instant racing deal where they, you can actually bet on old races. And that has increased the purses there dramatically. And they ran yesterday as well. And they, they set a record of over two billion million a wager, So Kentucky horse racing made a change this year and allowed Churchill to open up closed turfway in September. And boy, it looks like it's paying off big dividend. I watched the races last night on TV, and it looked like a very rambunctious uh, Churchill crowd in the paddock and out by the track, so I'd love to hear some listeners. The guys, I'm still beaming for my day yesterday. I went up to Cincinnati, uh, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, uh, in the 70s, and was a big red machine, and for the first big red fan, and for the first time since they beat the Yankees in 1976, at the end of that game, for the very first time, all eight regulars were together at, at uh, Great American Ballpark for uh, this statue presentation of Joe Morgan. They, they unveiled a new statue of Joe, and it was beautifully done, and they had, had to get permission from Major League Baseball to allow Pete Rose on there, who received, as you would guess, a unbelievable ovation, as most everyone did, but it was, there wasn't a dry eye in the house as all eight of them came out and we're uh, recognized as what many of us truly believe
2: was the greatest starting five in the history of baseball. Wow. Pete Rose, let him in the Hall it of was, Fame. Hey, hey, Brad, I got a quick question about horse. So, Roman's horses are the first earners to win to, in the point system. He's the first guy to get these these uh, the points for this new system, correct? Yep. So, how much exactly. confidence does that give him yeah. on his way to the road to the Kentucky Derby? It has to give them a lot of confidence going into it.
4: Is it relevant? Oh, it does. It does. Yeah, I was reading a comment this morning. It was big for Dale because, as I said, these guys were – Claiborne was a 34-to-1 shot, and the one that he just beat a stablemate, who was 26-to-1, so lightly regarded horses coming in. And now the one, uh, Claiborne, who won, actually it was a win-and-you're-in in for the Breeders' Cup for the Juvenile, all expense paid out to Santa Anita, plus a $10,000 stipend to the owners. So they had these win-and-you're-in in racers that are going to do them They'll have uh, they had Adam here at Churchill. They'll have more at Keeneland. And uh, they're big because they pay all the travel expenses to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup. So Roman's, you know, born and raised and, and, uh, in Louisville. Dale Roman's huge day for him uh, and uh, just a big day in horse racing. But, yeah, he's already picked up 10 points on Claiborne and four four points for smart cover.
2: So, so I see they had a ladies' marathon last night. Did those get a large crowd out for that The Kentucky Downs? A uh, ladies'
4: marathon. Uh yeah they did have yeah they did have some big uh, they did have three really big races at Kentucky Downs last night uh on the turf and uh, they said the crowd was fantastic and as i mentioned the betting was off the charts but uh, i i didn't see any attendance figures they don't release attendance figures for those tracks but uh, they said it was a great day at Kentucky Downs and from what it looked like on tv it looked like a fantastic night at Churchill Downs
1: You had previously mentioned to us on the air here, Brian, uh, you know, weeks ago, that one flaw, that may be a flaw, if you're looking with a critical eye at this, uh, you know, one year removed from the start of the Kentucky Derby points system, one flaw that it may have is that it excludes the Phillies. What do you feel about that? Is that still relevant? Do you see it being addressed anytime soon?
4: Well, no, I, I think by the way they did the point system this year, they're going to stick to it. Now, it, just to just to clarify in fairness to Churchill, doesn't exclude them, but it would require a filly to run in one of the in one of the male races. Like for example, last night they had the Pocahontas and they had the uh, uh, Iroquois, uh, and, and to be honest with you, the times were better in the Pocahontas, the fillies, and they were the same distance, a mile and a sixteenth. So. If a Philly would have chosen to have went in the Iroquois instead, they could have done that, and those points in the Iroquois would have counted for that Philly towards the Kentucky Derby. It's just typically not the pattern that you would have done it. Uh, in the past when Phillies have been able to get into the Derby, it's because of the, the graded earnings they got in Philly races. Uh, but if you had a special Philly and you wanted to take her to the Derby, there still is a path for that, but you've got to run her against the boys, early to get the points to get in it. But it is to be noted that the winning time in the Pocahontas was better than the Iroquois. So, you know, uh, it could have been, could have been the case where a, uh, um, a Philly could have won the race last night if she would have been entered in the Iroquois. But, yeah, I don't like it. I like seeing a Philly or two every year in the Derby. I thought it always added to it. Uh, and it's not eliminated, but it does require any owner or the connections of any Philly does require them to enter their Philly. in in a prep race, a derby point race, prior to the derby, that would allow that Philly to gather uh, the necessary points to get into the starting gate.
1: Brian, you mentioned, you referenced, you know, that you enjoyed the big red machine back from the 70s. You saw the Reds win the World Series in 1990. You've been a Reds fan for a long time. Nothing gets a fan base more excited than a, a pennant race, but beyond that, I think someone throwing the ball 103 or 105 miles an hour, like a Roldis Chapman, really gets everybody really excited. Along those lines, you were at the game yesterday. What is the level of excitement surrounding this Billy Hamilton and the unique um, you know, set of skills that he brings to this Reds team? Uh, I think it's
4: fantastic. You know, I thought it was very ironic that Billy Hamilton uh, uh, was able to showcase his skills once again in front of Reds fans on Joe Morgan Day. Now, Joe Morgan, uh, Billy Hamilton's no Joe Morgan because the difference between Joe Morgan was he got the hit to get him on the first, and then Joe Morgan, he stole 406 bases, and that's why he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's why he's got a statue out in front of the stadium. Uh, Billy Hamilton is not the hitter Joe Morgan was, but man, oh, man, uh, I tell you what, when he gets on base, the whole crowd uh, just perks right up. And, I mean, everybody in the place knows what's going to happen, but they can't stop it. And, I mean, that guy literally flies around the bases, and, and I'm just hopeful uh, with uh, time he'll develop as an everyday player where he can be used as a hitter and uh, be an everyday lineup kind of guy, where we don't have to bring him in just in those limited pitch running situations. But what a weapon! Great comparison with Chapman. I mean, when you've got specialty players like that, and you put them next to everyday players like Roto and Phillips, and, and 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 the rest of that crew, very I'm solid pitching. You what the Reds staff. really look good.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. D- alongside with a very solid pitching staff, uh, you know, this team has struggled to score runs. Well, look what we got here down in Louisville is a guy who he's only good at one thing. That scoring runs. It reminds me of the arguments I've heard against Devontae Parker. I've heard people say, "Well, all he does is catch touchdown passes. He doesn't." And and I'm thinking, are you what? What is your? What are you thinking? I mean, he catches touchdown passes. That's what he does. Billy Hamilton comes in in a similar sense. He scores runs. That's what you're struggling to do.
2: Devontae Parker is not a possession receiver.
1: He's not a possession receiver, no. He, he scores touchdowns. He's not. He, he comes in, and he gives you what you need, and that's exactly what Billy hey guys, Hamilton is doing. Time I,
4: last time I noticed uh, scoring touchdowns was <laughs> what it's all about, and Devontae, if they want to knock Devonte, all they want, he'll uh, laugh all the way to the bank when he's in the NFL, in my opinion, because uh, he's a special receiver. I do think he needs to learn to run routes better, and he'll get better at that, and supposedly he's improved in that, but uh, if they want to knock Devonte Parker for his ability to only catch touchdown passes, I'd love to be his accountant and his banker going to the next level because uh, I think he's special. Hey, one quick thing on the truth. I, I like the truth's comments and everything. I will caution in a little bit. Uh, Bowling Green's no walkover, who Indiana has next weekend. They're 2-0. They haven't and played the toughest schedule in the world, but uh, I will tell you that, that that's not going to be an easy game for Indiana next week, and I did want to to pass this on, Kelly, I noticed you mentioned that the Bengals could lose today. The Bengals are a three-point underdog in Chicago today. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're favored
5: to lose.
4: I'm hopeful that, that he, they don't. But uh, that home field advantage is a, a significant thing in the NFL.
1: Good stuff yeah. there, Brian. Thank you very much for your call. You know, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Great Reds, Bengals, Louisville football, and, and your your forte, which is the horse rating. Uh, horse Racing, thank you very much for the update, Brian. Have a great rest of the
4: week, Hey, your guys, weekend. I love the show. Keep up. Thank you for your good work, guys. I love listening to your program every Sunday. Great
2: job. All right, thanks, Brian. Brian, the insider. My man.
1: Bringing the heat there with yeah. the, 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 the well-rounded uh, Louisville. Devontae, you like my Billy Hamilton, uh, Devontae Parker uh, parallel? Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, good. I mean, you know. I mean,
2: that's yeah. what he does. Well, well, then I had to call him out on not being a possession receiver. So I think not, that's what they mean when they say all he does is catch touchdowns. He's not a. I know. I, he I doesn't agree. Move the chains. But down when you the field, got a, a and, wide receiving yeah.
1: core like this, they don't need it. They, we'll go well, down can, Eli Ra- Rogers, Lee Harris. Yeah. Oh, this guy, he scores our touchdowns.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can see him ended up. I can see him being like a, a Bobby Scipio in the NFL. Bobby
1: Scipio? <laughs> I don't I don't know who that he is. He played at West Kentucky for a while. Oh, okay, did yeah. he play in the NFL?
2: No. Well, he played uh, briefly. Yeah, like on the practice squads. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking more at, like a an arena old school and,
1: USC Mike Williams type, like a guy who just goes in, he can get the jump ball. We're gonna head to the the a break here. On the other side of the break, we're gonna be joined by Tommy Ray. Tommy Ray uh, Cornett, bleed blue. Tattoo in Lexington. Bluegrass Brawl. Bluegrass Brawl, number nine last night. Great event. Carlo and I were both there.
2: Excellent event. A lot of action, man. A lot lot of of fun. And and a great after party. Yes.
1: We'll be right back with more
0: Weekend Sports Buzz. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
2: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. On the line, we have the man, the legend of Bluegrass Brawl who put on the great event last night. Uh, Bluegrass Brawl uh, number nine, Tommy Ray Cornette. Tommy, are you there?
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Tommy, another classy event last night. You're a class act. Uh, had a lot of fun, a lot of great action. Uh, the, the, the buzz in the crowd was amazing. Every fight on the card was exciting. So how how do you feel about last night's events?
6: Uh, I think it went great. You know, um, we're growing every time, and like any other business, it's just starting off. You know, but uh, heck, every fight, every guy that goes in that cage, I tell you, they put on a show. Amateur or not, it it, it doesn't really matter. It's it's fun to watch.
2: So I know I, one of the fights that I was most impressed with, even though it didn't last too long, was the uh, Dante Wade versus Michael Cocker, Cockerham. Now I've been seeing Cockerham a while, uh, a while, you know, in the scene. And I was uh, couldn't wait to see him in action, but it was a yeah. no contest due to illegal blows behind the head. How'd you feel about that decision?
6: You know, the, the rules are what they are. Everybody knows them. You have to abide by them. And, and, and you know, sometimes, it, you know, I don't think the guy should have walked out of the cage. I don't think he was really injured. I think he may you know, stopped the fight a little prematurely. Um, but, you know, you just don't know. Those situations pop up and, you know, you. You get you know groin strikes that happen by accident, and you just get all kinds of different um, um, things that happen. You know, knees on the ground to the head and, and stuff that just happens in the heat of the moment, and uh, it's hard to control yourself and follow the rules when when you're going full speed and all out like that. You know?
2: Yeah, it was definitely accidental, which was why I was I ended up in a no contest. But I have to tell you, man, you couldn't pay me any amount of money to get in that cage with Dante. <laughs> no, that <laughs> yeah. dude is scary. I would yeah. not. I mean, yep. he's the most impressive physical. Yeah, specimen I've seen. I, and <laughs> I haven't really seen much of his skills, but he seems to be one of the most impressive guys I've seen in the state of Kentucky. How'd, how'd you get him on the call?
6: Yeah. Uh, You know, I got a great matchmaker, Adam Gomez. He, he really knows how to put these guys together. And, um and yeah, he, he's definitely a physical specimen. And he's real quiet and really focused. And, and uh, the guys that don't show emotion are the ones that uh, always intimidate me a little bit, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. And I noticed he threw a jab early in that round and caught Michael. And I think Michael was knocked out after that jab. He was, knocked out on his feet because yeah. he was blinking like a hundred times a minute <laughs> after yeah. the punch. Yeah, yeah, trying to
6: get the eyes back to where they need to go <laughs> so they
1: can focus. <laughs> Tommy, we'll get to the, the main event in just a minute here. I know that you being the, the guy who actually put on the event, you had all sorts of things on your plate. You're making sure everything was running correctly, but that you're also, you know, obviously a fan. You got to enjoy the fights. Other than the main event, what fights, I guess you would say, on the, the undercard, um, what, what in particular fights stood out to you?
6: Gosh, I got to tell you, I don't remember uh, the names. I don't have a fight card in front of me. But I think that very first fight, those two guys were trying to take each other's heads off. They weren't trying to do anything other than knock each other out. It was just fun to watch, I tell you.
1: uh, Would that be, um, let's see here. The title fights or the pro fights? Jason Carrier, Joe Peg, no, that very one didn't first, go down. The
6: very first amateur fight um of the evening, the very
1: first oh, fight, Travis uh, White versus Tyler Kane. You're right. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. That that yeah, was that, an amazing yeah. fight. You were right. That that was um very impressive. I know that uh, um that Tyler Kane came away with the victory, but that they left it yeah. all out in there for all three
2: rounds. You're right. That was a, a action packed fight. Yeah. Yeah, I was, was also favorite, I was impressed with Adam Fritz. Adam Fritz was pretty tough. That was a good uh good fight despite the uh the, the low blow, accidental kinda slowed the motion. Adam Fritz down. is yeah. the one with the long legs and the yeah. long pants. And yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. he was, yeah, t- man. Yeah, he he, was that, tough. That yeah. was an
1: interesting fight. He went against Hakmud um and in a hundred thirty five yeah. pound matchup and that was a very much so action packed fight. It was a real uh Clash of
2: styles. Yes, yes. Hussein indeed. looked to be the, the more. He was the aggressor early on, but Adam Fritz was, yeah, he his grappling skills and that roundhouse was hit of his Kendall, was very, Kendall very good. And Kendall Young is a,
6: a super good talent, too. And he had a real nice uh, spinning heel kick and he executed real well during the fight. I thought that was impressive. Yeah,
2: that was probably one of the, the best, you know, one of the best, I say, plays of the night. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that would go in yeah. our highlight reel. Yeah, we made was a highlight reel yeah. from last oh, yeah. night. Actually, I, I think someone caught that. Uh, I forgot who it was. I seen someone had some video of that kick in action, which look pretty I good. I tell
6: you, I had three different people come up to me tell me they got that kick perfect in pictures and videos, so I'm sure it's all going to be uh, going around here soon.
2: And, and, the, and let's get <laughs> We ma- just
6: rebuilt our website, so we're uh, going through the process of getting all the pictures for every fight put up and links to the videos and all that. So our website is com. so you can check that out. and We'll try to get that stuff up as fast as possible.
2: And also, the main event of the night Anthony Jameson, Steve Bell, 185. That that was a, a, <laughs> a great, grueling fight. Uh, Jameson's a big guy. You know, he was putting a lot of weight on Steve yeah. Bell and wore him out, but he, he was powerful. He was just overpowering him through the second and third rounds.
6: Yeah, yeah, that was tough. It was a good matchup, and, you know, they went at it. They put it all out there.
2: Yeah, great main event. So, what's next for Bluegrass Brawl?
6: Um, November 30th is our next event. And um, we're getting that cards already uh, starting to shape up, um, and uh, yeah, we're just looking forward to that. I and mean, we're going to start. Uh, we're actually going to pick our dates for the entire year next year, and then uh, and just start putting all that together and keep trucking along and uh, let this thing grow.
1: Oh, at the Lexington Convention Center.
6: Yes. Yeah, we're always going to stay there.
1: Great and, location. Uh,
6: keep it redundant, same place, and you know, make it real familiar for everybody.
1: Yeah, great, great venue there. I, you know, not a bad seat in the house. All sorts of action last night. That was, I was very impressed.
2: Yeah, are, are you going to continue to keep the youth grappling on the future car' I really enjoy that seeing the young kids come in and get an opportunity to showcase their ability.
6: <laughs> yeah, I I love it. I I think it's great. And if you want to grow any sport, you got to start you know with the youth and um, and and let them wrap their head around it and grow up with that sport. I grew up wrestling in Ohio, and, you know, they start getting in on the wrestling mat in elementary school up there, you know. So it's a, it's a different dynamic, and, and I love to be able to let them get in that cage, run that crowd with the lights on, them, and get that experience, and uh, just kind of motivate them to continue in the sport. Uh, we're we're continuing with uh, – we didn't get to do our wrestling demo last night. The grapplers took us too long, and uh, we had to start fights directly at eight. Um, but uh, we are going to continue with the high school wrestlers and get some state champions in there, whether it's in a demo for the crowd and get the crowd familiar with local high school wrestling and uh, just kind of introduce the crowd to all the different sports. We're probably going to bring in like a jiu-jitsu demo one time and, and then probably uh, like Darren Van Horn uh, is a good friend, two-time IFB world champ, and we'll probably have him up there to do a boxing demo one time and just expose the crowd to all the different elements that these guys have to train in. You know, mixed martial arts isn't just one sport. They literally have to train in, like, five different sports and do their cardio on top of that. So we want the crowd to really learn about that as much as everything else. So
2: so I see David Crow last night. I was actually looking forward to seeing him in action. I've been following <laughs> him around throughout the state of Kentucky some of his matches. What happened yeah. with the other guy? Was it just... Uh, what did he get? Uh, Stage fright, well, or
6: Carol, I guess <laughs> his name was. But, uh, yeah, he bailed out. I call it a psychological tap out, if you ask me. But uh, Wow. Yeah, he bailed out. He left the building. His coach came up and apologized. He even said they were trying to put a guard on him and that they were actually going to throw him in the cage. Um, but I guess he slipped out from underneath him and took off. It happens with the, you know, especially the amateur ranks. Pros, you don't see that kind of behavior. But uh, can a guy like that?
2: Can he even return back to his own gym? Or I mean, will he be accepted within his crew?
6: (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, not without taking a whole lot of crap, I would imagine. But uh, I I think the boxing commission, the Kentucky Boxing and Wrestling Authority, uh, they do have some um, enforcement in place for that kind of action. You know, they'll be suspended Mm -hmm. for six months, um, that type of thing. But in my experience, if, if you Chicken out of a fight, so to speak. You're not really looking to get into another one anytime soon. So yeah, I don't know if those things really help or, or not.
2: And David Carr, I know he trained very hard for this fight. If you was, if yeah. you would have saw him backstage, he, was, I know he was crying. He was upset. You would have thought he lost the oh, fight, yeah. but he was upset because he didn't get the fight.
6: <laughs> he didn't get the fight. Yeah, this was to be his last amateur fight before he turns pro. So he was really looking forward to that last little bit of experience before he takes that big step. W- will
1: he take the step now to the to the professional ranks, or will he have to schedule another amateur fight? You know.
6: Uh, I tell you, he, I, I'm sure it's not a definite answer, but, you know, I asked him if he wanted to get on November 30th, maybe do his pro debut, and, and he said yes, he wanted to do it, but uh, that's definitely not set in stone or anything, you know, it's just a heat of the moment kind of question answer, but uh, hopefully he will, I'm looking forward to it, I, I know he's a tough kid, and he trains really hard, he trains all over the place, too, and uh, and everybody likes him, he's a good kid.
2: All right, Bluegrass Brawl, Tommy Ray Cornett, thank you for calling in, Tommy, another, uh, another great event in the books. Uh, looking forward to the next fight, November 30th. Can you give your website one more time?
6: It is bluegrassbrawlmma.com.
2: All right. Look forward to uh, seeing you again. Thanks, Tommy.
6: Great. Thank you, guys.
2: And we're going to uh, take a quick commercial break, come back, maybe talk a little NFL, dibble-dabble a little NCAA. So there's a lot to cover in the last hour. So we'll be right back with your weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the
0: Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzzline at 384-1450.
2: And welcome back to your Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. Don't forget about our Lotus Guns Works text line, 502-414-1450. And our Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502 384 1450. Well, today's the day that I've been waiting for since uh, February. America's been waiting for Yes. NFL is kicking off. Well, we kicked off Thursday night with a great game, a great display of passing by uh, Peyton Manning and lack of defense by the Baltimore Ravens. You know, seven touchdowns in that game. That was actually a, it was so much drama in that game with the lightning delay in the game and then Peyton coming out throwing for seven touchdowns. Great way to open the season for the NFL.
1: You and I are both NFL guys, Carlo, looking over the slate of games ahead of us today. Your take was that it's not, not many great games. Not Obviously, you're a Giants fan. You're looking forward to see um, if your Giants can get off on the right foot and win their first game. Same Night goes game. for me with, with the Bengals. But let's go through game by game here and see what. All right, first game on the, on the, on the uh, card is Tennessee Titans at Pittsburgh Steelers. Terrible game. <laughs> I know the Titans have um, brought in Sean Green trying to recreate the Lindell White, Chris Johnson, Thunder and Lightning uh, rushing attack. What do you think of this? I mean, who who do you think is going to win that game?
2: I give it to the Pittsburgh, but this is going to be a very boring game, in my opinion. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be one of the games broadcast in this area on local uh, TV stations if you don't have an NFL package. Okay. But uh, I'm giving the Ash Distillers. The uh, we, we still don't know what we have in the... Uh, Pittsburgh's running game. You know they don't. They no, no longer have Mike. Well, uh, Rasheed Mendehall, and when their wide receiver Mike Wallace is gone, what weapons does Ben have uh, moving forward with this team? So it's going to be interest, interesting to see who steps up for them on the offense. But you still yeah. think that they'll win? I still think that they win. I don't think uh, Tennessee uh, has the. Uh, I don't think Tennessee is good enough to beat Pittsburgh. Tennessee's still a below average team, in my opinion.
1: You don't think Jake Locker is uh, no. the, on- the answer? Is Chris Johnson going to have a? Uh, a bounce back season. A lot of people are picking him as somebody who's going to, uh, like I mentioned, Sean Green's there. Um, yeah. They're sharing. A are they going to compliment each other? Well, they still got a good offensive line. Um, you know, they, they've got uh Stewart on the right. They've got the, uh, a lot of big guys up front. Do you think that offensively, at least, Kenny Britt's one of the receivers, very problematic guy, but puts, well, I up, think puts up some production in in, the, uh,
2: in bunches he does. Sometimes they'll have three touchdowns in a game. What we need to watch out for for this game for Pittsburgh is they have a healthy uh, Troy Palomaro. Oh, do they? So that uh, takes out Kenny Britt right there. Okay. That Xs out Kenny Britt for the rest of the game. Okay. A healthy Troy is like, uh, you know, he's one of the best uh, DBs in the game right now. So he's going to shut down the passing game. Chris Johnson, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, he, you know, l- last year was a disappointing season, especially for fantasy numbers, uh, for a guy like myself. Oh, yeah. He ruined you, my you, season. Huge <laughs> disappointment. Me too, one of my leagues. So, but like I said, with the interesting, it's going to be interesting to see him in green, uh, you know, how they share the load, you know, who's going to get the, the most carries, who's going to be the most effective. But I'm picking Pittsburgh to take it uh,
1: 27-10. to 10. Okay. Next game is uh you know Buffalo Bills New England Patriots.
2: Now this one I might be kind of interesting with the emergence of uh, EJ Manuel starting so, as his, a, his a first, rookie uh, first game rookie. So so have uh, got Spiller who's a, a dom- he is a, one of the best backs in the league in my opinion. Still got Fred Jackson. Spiller. Yeah, Fred I mean, Jackson. I mean
1: they have got weapons. They've got uh you, you know, Kentucky guy the name's slipping me right now. Stevie Johnson. Yep, Stevie Johnson. They also brought in Woods, who is uh a, a explosive rookie out of USC. Mm-hmm. Um, do you but, think Buffalo's got a chance at knocking off New England?
2: You know what? Uh, Games at I Buffalo. I heard Thur- Thur- Thurman Thomas say this is the best Buffalo team he has seen in about 15 years. Okay. And, you know, he said he goes to all the practices, he, you know, preseason. He, he, he watches everything. last 15 years, this is the best team he's seen. On the field for the Buffalo what Bills. What does that mean? I mean, <laughs> it means I trust Thurman Thomas' opinion. A guy who lost four Super Bowls in a row knows what he's talking about. <laughs> okay. But I trust his opinion, but uh, we don't know what we have for New England. You know, who, who, there's no Rob Gorkowski on the field. Uh, they have uh, Danny, uh, what's his name? Almadello, who uh-huh. I have on my fantasy squad. I'm hoping for him to have a huge game. If he stays
1: healthy. I don't see how he's, he's not. Uh, well, he
2: didn't play in the last preseason game. They kept him out for precautionary reasons because he's, uh, you know, one of those guys that gets hurt, you know. A lot, so I'm looking for him to have a breakout game for me for my fantasy league. Okay. But that's the only uh, positive thing I see for the Patriots right now. It seems that, like Tom yeah, Brady specializes
1: in, um, you know, we'll have Kevin Falk leave. We'll have, uh,
2: I think they still have Danny Woodhead. Yeah, they st- uh no, Danny Woodhead is with San Diego.
1: Okay, so they don't even have Danny
2: Woodhead. So they, he's literally lost all of
1: his. Options on offense. He's got what?
2: Steven Ridley, who should have a good year. Are they going to become a ground and pound type team? Well, last year they led the team. They were second in NFL in rushing attempts, so they do run the ball. We probably don't think of think them think of it as much, but last year they were second in the league in running rushing attempts. So expect them to run a ball as we as we saw in preseason. They had a few uh, Wildcat formations for Tebow, but you know he's no longer there. But
1: on defense, they've always got Brandon Spikes out of Florida. They got Vince Wilfork out of Miami. Um, Gerard Mayo, I think out of Tennessee is where he's from. So they've been replenishing this team. Bill knows what he's doing. They have been rebuilding this defense through the draft. In years past, about you know, eight, ten years ago, they specialized in guys like um, Brewski and um and older veteran type guys, but they've kind of Mark recreated Vrabel. Mark Vrabel, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Or Rodney Harrison. Yeah. Uh veterans. They would bring in um William McGinnis. They would bring in veterans. Uh, for the defense. They're recreating what they do on defense. Building around a guy like Vince Wilfork, who's anchoring um, that defensive line. Um, I think they've got a very talented young defense. It's it's tough to bet against the Patriots. If I was putting money on this, you got to go with the Patriots. To I'm going the with Bills. Buffalo for the upset tonight. Okay. Atlanta at New Orleans. That's an exciting game,
2: Carlo. Yeah, we have, uh, Are you selling
1: Atlanta at New Orleans short? Well, Matt Ryan against, well, against, Sean against Sean the return of Sean back. Payton?
2: Yeah, you know. Mighty Ice. It should be an interesting game if uh, uh if the Saints play defense. So uh, I may give the edge to that to, to the Saints to the Aints. You know, got their old coach back. You know, they have a lot of momentum uh, going towards their way right now.
1: We're we're gonna continue talking about the NFL. I want to quick. I want to remind our listeners to go to the Oxmoor Ford Service Center. Get a synthetic blend oil change, tire rotation, multi point inspection, and more. Only thirty nine dollars ninety five cents. Friendly folks over there, they will shuttle you over to the Oxmoor Mall so you can shop while your car is getting worked on. Hearing you mention Sean Payton automatically brings back a conversation that I had with my, my buddy last night. And I, I, I go on rants like this, and I apologize if our, our listeners don't like it. Um, last night, San Diego State lost a game. Let's see. I should remember. Was it Alabama? No, not Alabama. It was a big game. Uh, regardless. I, I said to my buddy, name me two guys who went to San Diego State University. Oh, I, I can name you one. Okay. Uh, Greatest player. Falk. Yeah, Marshall, Marshall, Falk. Falk, yeah, yep. Marshall Falk. Yeah, Marshall and, Falk. And that's the one, that the, second. J- the, okay. <laughs> the one that I had in my mind was Kabir Bajiamila. In large part because I like saying his name maybe. Did he
2: play in the NFL?
1: Oh, yeah. He was no. a great – not great, but he was a very serviceable defense, pass rushing specialist, defensive end for years. I think he actually even had a brother that, that did too. I said, I wonder what other guys. We know Kawhi Leonard more recently went there. I said to him, I wonder if there's any other guys who went to San Diego State. I just go on weird tangents like this. I brought it up on my phone and I looked at the. You're about to go deep and reach way deep, huh? I looked at the alumni. Who do we have? Sean Payton's one. That's what made me think of it right now. Um, let's see here. I'll, I'll do it. Sean John Payton? Madden.
2: I thought Sean Payton. You guys have heard of John Madden? Yeah, yeah. I thought Sean Payton went to Eastern Illinois.
1: He did. Let's see. Maybe not Sean Payton. Yeah, he went to
2: Eastern Illinois. Good call there. <laughs> he was
1: quarterback. All right, I'm, I'm bringing this up. Let's see. With John <laughs> San
2: Diego State? Okay, all right.
1: Uh, Brian Billick. I'm going to bring it up here. It'll be just a moment. Maybe he was a coach there. <laughs> Let's see here. Brian Billick, Herm Edwards.
2: Let's see. And Actually, there's a quarterback in the league right now who came right after Sean Payton who's still playing. I forgot who it was. He'll come to me in a
1: minute. All right. Herm Edwards definitely went to San Diego State. I'm looking for the list of notable alum. Notable alumni. All right. Here we go. Joe Gibbs won a couple Super so Bowls. yeah.
2: John Madden, Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. Or it lists Herm Edwards. It does list Sean Payton. It probably is a coach. He
1: was a former. Okay. He was an assistant there. Tom Cable was the coach for the Raiders. Oh, the former Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Brian Billick, Marshall Falk um kirk morrison ronnie hillman Fred so if,
2: new york giant i think i leave him off the list
1: <laughs> i skipped right but whoever over this
2: other guy is i have no idea who what, what, what's his name kasim osgood i've never heard of this guy okay but
1: <laughs> my point is san diego state has one of the more impressive alumni bases as far as the coaching ranks john madden he was an assistant coach with san diego state joe gibbs he, he was on, on the staff. So uh, John Fox, right now
2: currently with the Denver Broncos.
1: John Fox, yeah, yeah the so, head coach. So, so, of,
2: so big names have came th- through. Th- their th- that's
1: what. I, okay, so Sean Payton didn't go there. You you were on top of it. Did did, hey. did did Brandon Jacobs also go
2: to Eastern Illinois? Brandon Jacobs, I'm not sure.
1: Okay, I can play this game all day. We we, we need to we need to move on. But that was a, I was very impressed that you just randomly said no. Sean Payton didn't go there. He went to Eastern Illinois. The next game on our docket here.
2: We said, so who are you picking between the Saints and the Falcons? With the Saints. Sean Payton making his debut back with his team at home. The Saints get the victory. Do you believe in Matty Ice? No. Straight, simply put, no. No, I don't. And he has all the weapons and all the intangibles around him to be a great He's got quarterback. He's got Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Roddy Julio White. Jones. Roddy White. I mean, uh, Stephen Jackson now in the backfield, who can catch the ball out the backfield. They have a great nucleus around him, but I don't think he has that it factor as a quarterback. All right. Next game is Tampa Bay at New York Jets. Who you got? Uh, That's like the the Who Cares Bowl. Uh, (laughs) I'm going with Tampa Bay with the addition of Darrell Revis going back to New York. This is going to be a, uh, you know, that's going to be the big story in that game. Darrell Revis. Revis Allen returning back to uh, New York. You go against his former team. True. A lot of drama went down between him and them, him leaving. I'm looking at Tampa Bay to crush the Jets in this game. Crush them. 35
1: to 3. Okay.
2: 35 to 3. The All Jets right. will produce under 150 yards I guess total the Jets offense. are starting Geno <laughs> Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're,
1: they're, they're, it's only a matter of time before Rex Ryan gets fired.
2: Yes. He, he's uh, on the chopping block. But you know what? He's going to get another job. Someone will hire him after this season. He'll be somewhere next year other than the Jets as a head coach. As a head coach? Yes, as a head coach. Not a defensive coordinator? He'll get another chance, yeah. He'll get another chance.
1: Earlier in the show, I mentioned uh, my Cincinnati Reds are only one and a half games out of first place. And the way they've been winning over the past you know, four or five games has been, actually the last four games, they've won three or four, has been the emergence of Billy Hamilton who comes in as a pinch runner. He... He simply put, steals a base, and then he runs to home. (laughs) And he doesn't play defense. He doesn't get up to bat. I've never seen anything like it, nor have I heard of anything like it. It's the first time anyone's stolen a base in their first four Major League Baseball games. I posed a question to our listeners, and specifically our listeners who are older than me. I'm 30 years old. Uh, I mentioned uh, Carolina Steve. He's been around for a long time. He's a, a baseball historian, if I've ever met one. Uh, we got on the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line with us now. Carolina, Steve, Carolina, have you ever seen a player come in and and play such a specific role yet be so effective as what Billy Hamilton is doing for the Reds right now? Otis Nixon. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Otis Nixon. I'm going to look this
5: up. He is the only man I know. I think he led the American League in stolen bases. And he is the only man who had more stolen bases than he had
1: hits. All right, that's exactly what I what I was looking for from Carolina. I'm looking at it, and in his Wikipedia page says he has stolen the most bases wow. for a player that has never appeared in an MLB All-Star game. Okay, very impressive. Also,
5: I had the opportunity the umpire junior college baseball when he was playing at lewisburg college in north carolina and he was a believe it or not a power hitting third baseman there that shows you what the aluminum bat does for you
1: wow very i mean i called you out carolina i i didn't doubt that you'd come through you came through what else is going on as always what else is going on in the world of of carolina steve this weekend
5: well, yesterday, I believe, if you, y'all you remember, I made the statement, watch out for the Florida-Miami game. Okay. And Florida, Florida showed under Muscat that they're not a good football club because uh, Miami beat them. And, uh, I, and another, then yeah, yesterday, Clemson won, but I got a question for you. Who is the last quarterback from a non-SEC school to be top ten SEC teams back to back.
2: All right, re- repeat the question for me. The non-SEC, the, okay. non- the sec team school, the, a team that beat two SEC schools back to back that wasn't an SEC school. And who was the
5: quarterback?
2: Wait a second. Did Louisville? No, do don't it? say the Cardinals. Did Louisville do it? Again? <laughs> no, that's the
1: Cardinals. It ain't uh, the Cardinals. Okay. Um, let's see. Could it be
2: um, – What's it? West Kentucky? No, West Kentucky. I'm
1: Clemson of or something, way. Carolina? I, it's gotta I be, don't know. It's got to be Clemson. Clemson. It. Clemson. Clemson?
5: You wow.
2: guessed it. Who was the quarterback? <laughs> Who was the quarterback at the, LSU the time?
5: in the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl last year with Ty's oh, board okay. as the quarterback and came out and beat Georgia this year with Taj board as the quarterback. So he holds the distinction. I didn't check. I heard it. But I think he's the only quarterback from a non-SEC school to beat back-to-back SEC top-ten teams.
2: Wow. Carolina Steve, quite impressive. And,
5: okay, now, I, last night, we had the race to the chase from Richmond.
2: I heard about and, that. I heard uh, that was a great event. Actually, I think our buddy Todd yeah, was at uh, that event.
5: It, it was great. Uh watching it and uh, seeing uh, the, the fight going down to the last on who would get in and who would get out. Jeff Gordon didn't make it. Uh, Ryan Newman didn't make it. They, they accused uh, Michael Waltz of, and, of trickery to get uh, Truex in. They accused uh, Clint Boyer of uh, intentionally spinning, but I don't think he'd do that. Any guy that uh, showed up on uh, that dynasty the guest star, I don't, I don't think Phil was letting me be dishonest.
2: Okay. Hey, Carolina. True I, I got to ask you: Who do you have in tonight's game, Seattle at Carolina? What are your car? Are you a Carolina Panthers fan? Are you, are you a supporter of the Panthers?
5: Yes, I have been. I switched my allegiance to them the very first day they it was announced they were going to have a team in professional football. Look. I always wanted to say that I could be a fan of a team, and that. Uh, I've been the fans since day one when they started. That was one reason. And I have been to Carolina Panther games. I like the Panthers. Uh, my cousin has season tickets there. He's uh, provided them. I got to go see him play. And uh, I like Cam Newton, and I love the little linebacker they got.
2: Let me ask you, How much gas does Steve Smith have in his tank? Uh, he seems to be an Asian receiver. Is he, is he going to step it up this year? Or, uh, maybe this is the last we see of Steve Smith this season.
5: This may be the last year that you see Steve Smith, but they got some other good receivers out there, and they got, uh, Olsen at tight end, and, yeah, uh, tough. now Jonathan Stewart is hurt, and that's going to hurt the running game, but, uh, D'Angelo Williams is a good, good running back and everything, and, uh, and, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Uh, I will be watching that game. I usually don't watch pro football till after November because I'm usually involved in uh, the ch- uh, chase for the championship. But since we're off today, I don't have that much to worry about. Now, next week, there is another sporting event I'll fail to mention. All right. In little Salem, Indiana, at Salem Speedway, the Aqua race will be going on there. And Clarksville's own Frank Kimmel, that Borden also claims because he lives out there, we Will be going to break the record. He's tied right now with Iggy Katona with most career victories in ARCA. Uh, he had both of them have seventy nine.
2: Wow! Hey, Carolina. And if he can win. Hey, Carolina, you'll be yeah. you'll be glad to hear this. September twenty second, Ohio Valley Dragway. I'm actually going to their event, the third annual Wounded Warrior Race 2 Recovery. I'm excited to, to go to check out the good racing there. Do, are you into dragway racing or
5: Yeah, I'm into into it in the NHRA level. I'm a big fan of uh, the Sarge, Tony Schumacher. And uh, in funny cars, you can't help but be a big fan of John Forrest. Anybody that ever meets him, he is probably the, the nicest guy next to Richard Petty I've ever gotten an autograph from. As a matter of fact, we were waiting in line to get an autograph, and he came by the line and was shaking our hands. And thanking us for waiting in line to get his okay. autograph.
2: Well, hey, Caroline, I'm gonna give you a full report at the September 22nd on this event. So I'm gonna take some good notes and have, okay. some, have a lot of questions for you. This will be my first racing event.
5: Okay, it's gonna be. <laughs> Excuse me, it's gonna be fun. Uh drag racing, it's all over with in about three to four seconds because I believe theirs is an eighth of a mile, whereas the ones that I like to watch are. Uh, about a quarter mile and everything, okay. uh, because of the length of the track and everything. But you'll enjoy it. Next week, I want y'all before I go to answer one question for me.
1: Let's hear
5: it. My two favorite, two of my three favorite football teams are playing next weekend.
1: All right,
5: East Carolina and Virginia Tech. Who do I pull for? <laughs> I you
2: got to lo- go with East Carolina, man. Your name's Carolina Steve. You got to go with East Carolina, Eastern Carolina. Get to.
5: Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I'll yeah. tell you why I like Virginia Tech so much and Coach Beamer. He is actually the only coach in NASCAR to have ever raced a car around Bristol Speedway. Wow. The only football coach? He did it in a, ce- he did it in a celebrity race. Uh, Joe Gibbs hasn't? And,
2: has him and yeah. Andy
5: Petrie. What about, what about Joe
2: Gibbs? Joe Gibbs hasn't did anything like that? I know he's deep in the race car. No, again. Joe
5: Gibbs. Now, You'll be proud to know this. Before he uh, owned his NASCAR team, he owned the NHRA drag racing team.
2: Oh, all right.
5: He was in the drag racing first, but uh, he got two uh, he got two cars into the showdown uh, in the chase for the championship. So that's going to be good. I really enjoy y'all's show. I enjoyed hearing about the MMA. That's something I've never seen in person. I'd like to see. When it, if, it ever, if it comes to will y'all keep me informed, and I'll yeah. try to go to the
2: lake. Yeah, we'll, hey. We'll go the, the boxing it, match. The next one we have here, I'll get you in, Carolina, Steve. Uh, I know we have a boxing match coming up October 19th. I'll keep you posted on it and make sure uh, you get some good okay. seats for the fight. it's
5: the girl from, uh, it's the girl that's a real good boxer from Lexington, go boxer
2: that. You know what, uh, they've been trying to get some females on the car for this upcoming fight. Uh, what's her name?
5: I don't remember. I, Mario I heard from- her on another show uh-huh. Uh huh. She's. Uh, I think she's gonna try and make the Olympics. The next Olympics. Oh,
2: wow. uh, I'm gonna have to track her down.
5: <laughs> she's. She, uh, she was on uh, a show on uh, 790. that comes on daily. Her trainer uh, comes on and gives reports and everything. And she's supposed to be a pretty tough young lady. And uh, I've always wanted to see her. But I've always enjoyed. I go back. The first fight that I can remember, my dad ever talking to me about, and uh, we watched when I was in high school, was Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, versus Sonny Liston. Wow. So, so y'all, uh, y'all have a good punch. one. Sometimes I'll tell you about the old the old days and who my favorite opponent of Ali was, which was Ken Norton, and the reason I liked him, he's the only man that ever shut Ali after the and ring. I
2: broke his jaw. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he did. Y'all have a good one. All right, thanks, Carolina. Steve, good, that's good stuff.
1: Carolina coming through with the answer. Yeah, Otis Nixon. So, I mean, he he came through. I asked, "Is Billy Hamilton the only guy to ever do this?" Carolina said, "No, he's not." I almost Otis said,
2: Nixon? "I almost said Willie Mays Hayes for Major League." Yeah, Willie Mays Hayes <laughs> is the name.
1: We are going to head to a break here. We'll be
0: back with more weekend sports buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline at
2: 384-1450. And welcome back to your weekend sports buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. Don't forget about the Lotus Guns Works text line, 502-414-1450, and our Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline, 502-384-1450. NFL, starting here in a couple hours, uh, get your fantasy league uh, Rosters together. Don't wait to the last minute like myself. I'll probably be scrambling 10 to 20 minutes before game time to get my rosters the way I need to. But a lot of uh, I said it was a lot of bad games today, which it is. Miami at Cleveland, Cleveland, which will probably be a game they'll air here locally. <laughs> so we're going to probably get a Tennessee game and a Cleveland game here in the local area, which which sucks. We better get the Bengals,
1: yeah. Bengals yeah. and Bears. I hope
2: so. But uh, Miami, uh, Cleveland. Does anyone uh, care about this game? I am interested to see Miami's quarterback in action tonight. Tannehill, just yeah, because just he has to see, yeah. everybody just really to likes see. Tannehill because he and, has
1: such an attractive wife.
2: Yes, he does. That that's the
1: first thing that comes out of people's
2: mouths when I hear Tannehill. And also with it, an addition it's, of their newest receiver, did Mike Wallace go to Miami? He did. Yeah, for Pittsburgh. So interesting to see how he uh, how that combination works out for tonight's game. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland's Cleveland. Trent Richardson. Only reason I'm watching him hit them is because he's on my fantasy team. So I'll be keeping a close eye on Trent. Uh, hopefully, he has a multi-touchdown uh, game. Maybe 120 yards rushing, two touchdowns. I'll be satisfied with that mm-hmm. for my fantasy stats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I,
1: you know, I'm an offensive She's line guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm an offensive line guy. A offensive line guy? I'm an offensive line guy. What your Jeff Saturday guy? <laughs> oh, Jeff Saturday. Undrafted to, to many multiple Pro Jake Bowls. Log. Jake Long? That's where I'm going. <laughs> when, I, when I think of the Miami Dolphins.
2: You do think of Jake Long, yeah.
1: He's gone, though. He's at St. Louis. Yep. So they got Mike Wallace. Um... I don't like that they're depleting their offensive line.
2: Yeah, we don't – it's kind of like I don't see them making a lot of steps forward. Ryan Tannehill's wife
1: is very pretty. Yeah. I don't think that helps them win games. It doesn't help get the ball to well, – it sure does help Tom Brady. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It gives him superpowers. Yeah,
2: Gisele gives him superpowers. Okay,
1: well. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't like that the, the – if I'm a Dolphins fan, which I'm not, how do you let a guy like Jay, Jake Long go?
2: I know he he costs the a lot of money. The cornerstone of that offensive line. He he signed a huge contract. But he's getting kind of old, isn't he? I mean, for offensive lineman age, what? Well, he was the first t- pick taken he by Bill Parcells, right? Yeah. Bill Parcells took him number yep. one. So he's and not that, that old. That was he's
1: before the yeah no he's, yeah, he's not, not five, that old. Six years of that was league. before the restructuring of contracts to where rookies didn't make as much money. Yeah. So he's gone. So maybe that had something to do with it. They needed a, a Bill Parcells guy. Uh, they got Lamar Miller. At running back, Mike Wallace. They got Brian Hartline at wide receiver. Not Mike, but Brian. They do have Marquise or Marquise Pouncey, one of the two brothers from Florida.
2: Mike Pouncey. I'm not impressed with their lineup this year. I mean, I I don't see a lot of positive move, movements forward. The only thing they had added was Mike Wallace, but we still don't know what we're getting in Tannehill. And we don't. I mean, um, let's see. I, I I actually like Matt Moore better than Tannehill. I thought I do. I I like Matt Moore. I think he's okay.
1: They may have, on paper, for someone who's followed the NFL for he years, year. but but didn't follow as, you know, I haven't followed the offseason as closely as maybe I normally do. On paper, this Miami Dolphins team is the most underwhelming roster I think I've seen so far. <laughs> I normally am, a, am an optimist when reviewing a roster. What am I going to say? Tannehill can throw to Brian Hartline. Is that supposed to get people excited?
2: Yeah, I, I must agree. So moving down the, the list here, Another bad game. Kansas City, Jacksonville. Look, I oh, mean, it's just God. bad game after bad Andy game. Andy Reid in it's, Kansas man. City, though. Well, Alex Smith, you know, the uh, he was sent to uh, 49er uh, isolation in Kansas City where all the great uh, 49er quarterbacks that's true. go to Joe retire. Joe Montana. Joe Montana, Elvis Gerback. Elvis no. Gerback. <laughs> Do you consider Elvis
1: Gerback a great
2: 49er? He was good. He was, you know, he came right after Steve Young. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. Yeah, But he, he was decent. He, he was decent, yeah.
1: Um, the Chiefs have a good offensive left tackle. They got Brandon Albert. You know he was a high draft pick. Um, they got Alex Smith,
2: who is accurate. If Jamal Charles can stay healthy. Uh, I mean, Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over. That's the best thing that he does. That's his best tangible. He does not turn the ball over, and he can control the uh, the tempo of the game. Kind of kind of much like Trent Dilfer did when he was with Baltimore. If they could just hand the ball off to Jamal Charles thirty times a game, and, and get positive yardage out of him. That's, the, that's probably the type of uh, offensive of, uh, route they'll go. Really, as far as being, if I'm Alex but Smith... Dwayne Bowe is a big-time... That's a possession receiver right there.
1: That is. It,
2: was that a shot at Devonte Parker I, I picked <laughs> up
1: on there? Huh? Yeah. yeah right. I mean, we can move past it. Uh, <laughs> if I'm Alex Smith, I like the marriage between Alex Smith and Andy Reid, right? Yeah. Andy Reid is a guy He's who a specializes guy. In, in shorter passes and a lot of passing. So Alex Smith may do well there. Um, on defense, they've got some talent. So, you know, Chiefs may be good. Yeah, the, the, the,
2: the only thing, story in this game is th- Alex Smith and Andy Reid's debut. That's the best uh, part of that game. Jacksonville, who Blaine Gabbert is the worst quarterback in the NFL.
1: Maurice Jones-Drew. They,
2: they may not
1: the, end up with uh, Blaine Gabbert. They may end up with uh, the guy from Miami who was drafted
2: with Jake Long out of Michigan. Well, What's his name? I've started my Facebook page to get Tim, Tim Tebow to Jacksonville. Have you really? So go to uh, my Facebook page, Chad T- Tim Tebow, to Jacksonville. We're starting a campaign now. Have you? No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> I know you are a big Tebow guy. But if uh, if the truth is listening, he can get that started along with his Indiana uh page Facebook pages to, to are the way to make fire. things happen. Yeah.
1: Minnesota and Detroit, that's kind of an exciting game. You got Adrian Peterson. How do you think Reggie Bush will do in that do offense? You got Megatron. You got Matt Stafford with the
2: big arm. Well, they always said that Reggie Bush wasn't an every-down uh, back. Last year he proved he was an every-down back with the Miami Dolphins. He even rushed over 1,000 yards for the first time. So, And he was durable. He didn't get hurt. They said he didn't have the durability to be every-down back. But I think he'll be very successful in this offense, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield, something that Stafford's never had from a running back.
1: They still got the running back from last year. I believe his name is Mikel LaShore. I thought it was Kevin uh, – um. I guess so. I don't they drafted know, yeah. someone named Kevin Jones or something. Yeah, they had him last year. Or not Kevin Jones. That was years ago. He was a first-round pick years ago. There was someone else. There was a Kevin something that was a running back there. I don't, I don't see him on the roster. They've got talent. They've but got like Brand, the Brandon
2: Pettigrews, a solid tight end, gets a lot of catches. Um, can Stafford stay healthy for the entire Can he play a 16-game season? That's going to be the question. That's something he has not done since he's been in the league, and they need him to do that to be successful and win playoff games. Namdo uh, uh Adamic Sue, you know, Nick Fairley at Auburn. They've got a, a
1: good, very talented four, three, uh, the two middle defensive tackles, Nick Fairley and Adamic and you got to say, are as formidable as anybody in the
2: league. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree.
1: So moving right along, I, I think the lions are at least, you know, sexy pick this Did year. They look good on paper. Um, Minnesota though they're they're playing yeah. Minnesota's playing at Detroit. They got
2: Adrian Peterson. That's the positive uh, story of this the, this whole game. Christian Ponder uh who's not bad. Not they did what lose, do you think of Christian Ponder? Well, they lost Percy Harvin so that's a big uh, offensive weapon they no longer have. So they don't have that threat at the receiver are special teams without Percy Harvin on the team. That was a big loss for them.
1: My in-laws, you know, my my wife's family or brother and sister and parents are all big uh, Vikings fans. And Matt Khalil at USC, he's got a brother who's, I I believe he's still with Carolina as an offense, as a a center on the offensive line, one of the best in the league. Matt Khalil, 6'7, 308 pounds, was the fourth pick in 2012 draft. He is anchoring the Minnesota Vikings offensive line on the left side. I mean, they got Adrian Peterson, they got Toby Gerhardt, they got Jerome Simpson, the former Bengal. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I, let's see what they got as far as they They still got Kyle Williams on the defensive line. Pat Williams, I guess, has long been retired. They still got Jared Allen. How good will Jared Allen do? Mr.
2: Mullet Man. <laughs>
1: Mr. Crazy Maniac. Uh, well, he,
2: it, last year he kind of fell off the map. I don't know if it was the double team, but he didn't have an impressive season last year coming off. I think he won Defensive player the year before that. So we'll, we'll see if he has a high motor this season uh, and can uh, redeem himself.
1: Moving right along, um, Oakland at Indianapolis. Andrew Luck, he is he as great as everybody thinks? We'll see. Um, Calvin, I'm sorry.
2: Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Yeah, Ohio State.
1: Yep. Gets the nod. At Matt him.
2: Flynn, once again, gets brought in to be the number one guy, and he gets pushed aside to the bench. What, what, I will always hate Matt Flynn. What is in that package to where he's making all this money off of one game he had with Green Bay when I think he threw for five, six touchdowns uh, when he filled in for Aaron Rodgers? One big game, got him this big contract with Seattle. Russell Wilson took his job. Now he's letting Terrell Pryor take his job. Terrell Pryor is the last draft pick of the great Al Davis. So this is his last product that's going out on the field is Terrell Pryor. The last draft pick of Al Davis.
1: He could do okay. Then we got the the Bengals at Chicago, Arizona at St. Louis, Green Bay at San Francisco, and your Giants at the Dallas Cowboys at 8.30 p.m. I'm
2: I'm interested to see how your boy uh, Carson Palmer performs – I with to. Arizona, with the deep threat with Larry Fitzgerald, I think that would be a a, a good, pretty good combo. And I'm not a Carson Parma fan at all, but I think having Larry Fitzgerald, if he can't make this work, then he's done. Carson, yeah, he's done. Oh yeah, he should pull a uh, what's the guy's name who was at St. Louis, then went to uh, Kurt Warner. He should pull a Kurt. He needs to pull a Kurt Warner this season. Where where that just completely uh, rejuvenates your career? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it should. I mean, I think they've got talent on the offensive line. How their offensive line, I I compare Carson Palmer to a a late in his career Drew Bledsoe.
2: You know? Yeah. He's immobile. You need an offensive line. I I think he was better than Drew. Well, I I was never a fan of Drew Bledsoe. Never. They're
1: both first overall picks.
2: Yeah. I was never a fan of him at Penn State. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Drew Bledsoe was a big guy who couldn't move at all. Not at all. He all he had was a big arm. So he I think no that the,
1: the performance or the um, success, obviously, of Arizona's offensive line will in large part dictate this because Carson Palmer's had you know knee surgeries. I mean, that guy can't move. Does
2: he have an arm? I believe he does. Yeah, he, is that arm surgery too? I mean, he's Cincinnati got the best out of that whole deal. Two first round draft picks, right?
1: Oh, they they pulled they off the, an yeah, amazing yeah. amazing deal with. Um, that was something that I think – did Al did Al Davis accept that deal before he died? <laughs> did
2: he? Yeah, he did. I think
1: he did. Thank you, Al Davis.
2: Yeah, he did. We're but gonna, he did get Terrell Pryor, his last product, I think he's going to shine this year. So keep an eye out for Terrell.
1: I, I agree. Terrell Pryor could have a, a good year. Uh, not a good day for Al Ohio State quarterbacks
2: down. as Braxton Miller got hurt yesterday.
1: We're all over the place today. There's plenty to talk about. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline. line. I'm not sure of the, the name of our car. Are you there?
7: Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Kelly, and call us Tyler, my man.
2: I'm I'm having a little trouble Hey, with Tyler. You, How's you, it going? Can you hear? How's it going, Tyler?
7: Doing pretty good, guys. We're listening and doing great work, as always. Uh, I just wanted to say, well, first thing that came to my head, Terrell Pryor is not going to have a good season.
2: You said Terrell Pryor is not going to have a good season?
7: He will not have a good season. If okay. you're an Oakland quarterback, you might as well just go ahead and kick yourself out of the program. <laughs>
2: Are you, well, they, he's he's been looking pretty good in preseason. He's been working. I've got the quarterback coach that he's been working with, but supposedly. The yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw are, all that too. But yeah, the, the, are saying he has Go ahead, Tyler.
7: I was saying, I, I just feel like, yeah, you're you know, you're in the preseason. You might look good in a preseason. You're not. Nobody's coming after you 100 miles an hour. They're not trying to kill you, take your head off. Uh, you're playing your own Oakland Raiders in practice. I just don't see it. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, my main point I called in was to get at Kelly real quick. Me <laughs> and Kelly used to go at it all the time. He's a Bungles fan, and I'm a dog <laughs> pounder. And this is the year, guys, the Brownies go over five hundred.
1: When you're 45-year-old Brandon Whedon, second-year quarterback. Leads, wow. uh, he's 45, and he's only in his second year in the NFL.
7: You think, he is. He's, uh, he's, he's I really like Trent Richardson. But it doesn't matter, Kelly. Trent Richardson he going to be the man.
2: He, he, he's going he, to be a top four running back. And he, he's also on my fantasy team, which is another reason why I'm rooting for the Browns.
7: <laughs> I would totally agree with you that. I, I didn't get it Luckily, I got Ray Rice. But Kelly, I have one more question for you. Okay. Kind of off, off topic of football. That's all right. How about our Cincinnati Reds over the last week and a half?
1: Golly, man. What What about the... Strategic implementation. I'll drop a couple of big words in there. The strategic implementation of Dusty Baker and the way that he's using this young, phenomenal Billy Hamilton.
7: Um, it's, it's pretty easy to do, in my opinion. you got the fastest guy in baseball. You need a run. Why don't you put him on? It's great. I love having him up. It's exactly what we needed. Look, he's already won two games, possibly almost three games, just by his speed he has no at-bats yet, Kelly. He has four stone bases. That's ridiculous.
1: No one's ever done it in the history of major leagues. Through your answer there, Tyler, I picked up on a little anti-dusty bias there. Is that accurate, or am I imagining that?
7: No, no, no. You picked up, near you're right online. This is the year that if the Reds do not, in my opinion, advance past that first round, Kelly, I think time dusty, you got
1: to go. Tyler, we've got to head to a break here. You have a couple more minutes for us. Want to hang on with us through the break? Yeah, I can do that. All right. We'll be back for our last segment of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
2: And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. We're in the last segment of the show. Time's winding down. We have Tyler, Tyler the Creator, on the line. And we're going to talk just a little bit uh UK UofL ne- for next week. So who do you got, Tyler, in the UK UofL game? Uh, you're predicting the upset, right?
7: Uh, I, I don't know if I'm predicting upset, but I will say this for Kelly. Call, I don't Are you a UK or UofL guy?
2: Tyler, I'm a winner. I'm a UK fan.
7: You're you're a winner. I had a feeling you were. You just sounded like a confident cat yourself. I will say this UofL's run is not good. The run game is not good right now. How do you have 78 yards against Eastern Kentucky, Kelly?
1: Legitimate question there, there Tyler. You know, um, um, I have a feeling if we give the ball to Michael Dyer more than what, six times? In the, week one, Michael Dyer got the ball four times. Yesterday, he got the ball six times. Um,. That's how you do it. You give the ball to Michael Dyer more often. But it's a legitimate concern. You get outrushed by eastern Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with you you thinking that may be an issue. How will Kentucky handle what is Teddy Bridgewater?
7: Uh, Teddy's gonna get his. I'm not gonna say Kentucky's gonna handle him. Now I will say this, now, I know Carlos checked in at the game as well and he saw that the UK secondary over the last two weeks have been much better than advertised coming into this season. Uh, yesterday, it should have been a shutout, granted,
2: in it it Miami been.
7: of Ohio. should have been a shutout, though, if it wasn't for a little turnover. But, you know, the defense is better than advertised, and I would have expected so with Mark Stoops being a defensive type of guy. So my thing about this weekend coming up, Kelly, Battle of the Bluegrass, is use K's offense. If they come out like they did yesterday, they can score. I know UofL does have a defense, but it's not the best out there. It's no... It's not South Carolina type thing. It's not a Jadavian Crowney. They can score on Louisville, and my opinion is this is going to be one of those gun-out, shoot out type of games. I do have a Louisville favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if U.K. pulls that upset.
2: I'm with you on that, Tyler. I'm going for the U.K. for the upset, the BCS Busters. By far, it's going to be, be it's, it's, it,
7: wouldn't, it wouldn't be a line of that. It would be more a line of, Louisville busters, not even BCS busters. They're still going to go to the BCS game because they're in such a god-awful conference and such a god-awful schedule. But when you play one decent team, not even decent, and you lose, you don't deserve it. And Kelly, I'm sorry, but your cards aren't uh, they, they don't deserve that national championship, Kelly. That's all it is.
2: Well, you know what? We were talking about this last night. You, Louisville is kind of like the Boise State was several years ago. They never played anybody, but they always went undefeated and dominated that conference. This is kind of exactly. identical to what Boise State was going through. And you saw no, what I happened. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, so. I,
7: I, I got one more thing. I just want to say, last <laughs> night, Kelly, I saw the pictures at the MMA event. We'll take you all. I had a great time. I hope you did. Uh, I'll let you all finish up your show and appreciate you letting me come on.
1: Good stuff there, Tyler. Thank you very much. We did have a great time last night. Great time last night. I, I took advantage of my technological advancements and my iPhone, and I took a, a couple pictures and posted them on Facebook. Um, got some blood on there.
2: Yeah. Oh, did you? All yeah, right. I, I got. Luckily, I, think, I didn't. Get, I didn't get my bloodbath this time around.
1: This scorecard looks like you did.
2: Travis White and Tyler Kane. Well, I well think not on me, but yeah, on the. I think the Travis scorecard.
1: White and Tyler Kane were the was the event that that it had all the blood. Yeah, That action, was the first. That's what uh, we had Tommy Ray on a few minutes ago. That's what he mentioned was the first fight on the fight card. Travis White against Tyler Kane. Tyler Kane won the matchup. Um, yep. That was a bloodbath. Great matchup.
2: Great. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of lot of action. Blood was flying everywhere. But even the uh who was the guy Kendall uh, Carmen no oh, no, 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 the Kendall kid, oh Kendall Young and Cody Gate it was a lot of blood fighting that event, and Cody the, who won the fight was the one who was doing all the bleeding, yeah. So, you know...
1: It's really tough. I don't yeah. envy you. We didn't, We haven't even mentioned. Yesterday was our man Carlo Kellum's debut as a judge. Yeah, I'm I don't training. envy. Yeah. There wasn't many real yeah. tough decisions last night, but that's a what? difficult thing to really evaluate. There were well, certain that, rounds where you're like, yeah. I don't know, man. He was on top. He, he Like you said, he was bleeding. Who won? Yeah, How the, do you do that, Carlo? The
2: Fritz Hussein fight was kind of hard. Uh, even the at the last fight of the night, Anthony Jameson and Steve Bell was kind of a, a difficult one in the, in the first round to, to judge. But, yeah, this was my... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm done with my boxing training, so I'm now official. So last night was my uh, my big, big debut, and it went pretty, it went very well. I thought very well. When are you gonna so judge it, your next event? Uh, I don't know. I have to get with Todd Neal and and see when the when they need me again. Maybe hopefully the next couple weeks. I know there's something going on in Florence on the 21st, so hopefully I'm involved in that. But yeah, it was a great night of MMA action. Uh, I'm going to be putting some pictures up pretty soon. So you can, uh, look look at me, uh, look for me on Facebook, Carlo Kellum or uh, look at Kelly Patrick's page, and you'll find some great photos from the fight.
1: Great stuff there. I mean, I, I had a blast. No complaints on my end. Uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about today. We've got only a few minutes left. You you and Tyler have both predicted a U.K. upset of Louisville. I won't say it's out of the a, realm of happening. Well, I have
2: a big bet going on with your brother-in-law, so. For a beer? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it could happen. Rivalry game's a rivalry game. And this Louisville team, as they showed last year, is not completely immune to being upset. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I think Kentucky will win handily. They could win by 30, 40 points. Um, you said Kentucky can win by 30 or 40 points. I'm sorry, points. L- Louisville, Louisville could win by 30 or 40 points. <laughs> oh, I, I think on. that that's something that's it's easy. The next big event between our show today and when we'll be back uh, next weekend, uh, S- Sunday from 9 to 11, is Saul Canelo Alvarez, and Floyd Mayweather. Oh, yeah. We're boxing guys.
2: We're going to break down that fight in detail next Sunday.
1: There's also a great undercard, Lucas Matisse. Yeah, Matisse. Your yeah,
2: you're a big fan of his. Uh, I
1: also like Danny Garcia, his
2: opponent. So the, the American That's a good from fight. Philadelphia. Actually, that may be a better fight than the main event.
1: It may be. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Uh, huge. I think it's $75 for those of you who want to pull in with your buddies and uh, get the fight. Showtime is putting the event on. Um I'd argue that this is the best year for boxing in many years.
2: This is the best. This is the biggest fight since maybe Oscar and Floyd. So as far as fa- eye, eyeballs ago, yeah, go, it's the biggest fight in the long time. But even without
1: had. this, I think the year that boxing is having well, right now it, well, is, is. It's been a lot
2: of great fights in the middleweight division, super middleweight, what's weight. Those three divisions have been dominating uh, the the boxing world and boxing talk right now. You know, the, the heavyweight division has still disappeared. An American yeah.
1: heavyweight uh, bout. Um, there's actually a fight. Was, was last
2: there was one last night. There's a heavy Chris Ariella, Ariella
1: beat Seth, Seth Mitchell last night. Chris Ariella, he's
2: done. He's easy. <laughs> he looked great last night. He knocked yeah, out Seth done. Mitchell in the first
1: round. Seth Mitchell is the former Michigan State uh, middle linebacker. So I mean, yeah, Ariola has got talent. Is, was he out of shape? He, he looked. Shape? He looked like he was in great shape. They he knocked him out in the first round. Okay. That's an American heavyweight. He's from California.
2: Um, so I mean, there's there's so some he,
1: action going on. The heavyweight division is weak. It's terrible, especially
2: Americans. So we need to find a guy. If you're a heavyweight out there sitting at home on the couch, you want to get in shape and be the next champion of the world, call on this show, and I'll get you connected with the right trainers to make you the champ. <laughs> Remember, we have four heavyweight champions from the city of Louisville. That's more than anywhere in the world. So this is the mecca of boxing, Louisville, Kentucky.
1: I want to encourage our listeners to tune in every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. as Mike Gandolfo gets you through uh, the, the weekend that is in the world of sports. For the weekend sports buzz. And on Sunday, from 10 until noon, as myself, Kelly Patrick, and Carlo Kellum break down everything for the weekend. We have what is the best weekend programming in the Louisville, Southern Indiana area as far as uh, sports radio goes. There's no question about it. Weekend sports buzz is dominating. Um, Great coverage. And we're very honored to be involved with 1450 here. Carlo? You know, it's been, I, a pleasure. I, it's been a pleasure today. I had a great time last night.
2: Yeah, I know I'm kind of tired today, man. Been on the road and get back to almost three in the morning. And I was almost up for 24 hours straight yesterday. So I'm exhausted. <laughs> Glad I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to sit around, relax for the rest kick, of the day. Kick your feet up and watch
1: yeah. uh, NFL. Great show, guys. We'll see you next weekend for more Weekend Sports Buzz.